Blog Talk Radio. This is Technology Expresso Radio, and we're excited to give you a Sunday evening edition uh, coming out of Atlanta. And uh, joining us, uh, uh, one of our favorites <laughs> and always a big hit with the audience is Mr. D.S. Brown. Hello, Mr. Brown. Hi, Jacqueline. How you doing? I am doing excellent, excellent uh just excited to have you back and this is part of a continuing conversation and uh at, for our audience we actually had part of this conversation this past Thursday and the Thursday show is available for you to listen in on and get caught up because this we're going to pick up where we left off cuz we have a lot to cover and in fact what we're covering is Mr. Brown's latest creation, which is a book regarding champion. And you you see um, throughout uh, social media, we've been talking about champion is born. And champion is actually the last name of the lead character of his science fiction or science fantasy novel. His name is, the lead character is Joshua Champion. And today... We're going to continue to talk about Joshua Champion, but I also want to emphasize that this is also about bringing Champion to full life. Uh, Derek has put the story on the pages of his novel, but we need to bring Champion to life. And there are so many aspects to Joshua Champion in that story and so many uh, potential avenues of where this could go and you could be a part of bringing him to life. So we're really going to dig into giving you, of course, just some snippets into who Joshua Champion is um, and what this whole story is about. But there's much more to this, um, Derek, and what I want to do is to, to dive into that piece as well as we talk about that this campaign that is going on right now to bring Champion to life it means a lot more than just publishing a book. And I'm, I'm going to pause there, there, and from your perspective, uh, get get what you think as far as this whole campaign and what it means to you right now. So what it means to me is we get to bring not only just one character to life, but a universe of characters that represents the multiversity of the world in which we actually live. One of the main things I wanted to adhere to, and if folks take a look around at some of the things that they see in science fiction and fantasy, they know the world that's being created for their consumption is starting to mirror the world they live in. But, you know, just to be quite honest, and let's just make it as plain as we possibly can, it's still a whitewashed world. And that's not something we should be angry about or upset about. We just really have to acknowledge that that's just what has been. 
as what still continues to be with a slowing pace of change. But if we're going to, as they always say, see change, if we want to see change, we have to be that change and push it out there. So to me, a lot of what this campaign is about is a grassroots movement to get folks of all ethnicities engaged in seeing something that we can all find pleasure in, we can all enjoy, and we can all see ourselves written into it, whether you be black, Latino, um, Arabic, you know, um, or Mediterranean descent, African, or African American in particular, or African from the from the motherland, if you so to so to speak, or white and or Asian, Asian Chinese or Asian Indian. What I want to craft with with this material is something again that gives us a taste from all around the world. And I try to take um, I try to be real careful in terms of being meticulous about putting characters and imagery in the story that truly does represent some of the experience that I've had. I haven't been all the way around the world, but I've seen enough of it to know that we have come so much closer together. And even though DC and Marvel is doing some of that, it's it's, it's great. I think we need to have more people of color doing it too. And that's what this campaign means to me. You get the books out, you get the graphic novel out, you get the trailer out, and if folks find favor in that work, then we move on to stuff that's even bigger. Absolutely, absolutely, and so well said. And, and you know, I have, as you can tell, Dick, I've gotten the fever. You know, there's a lot of great initiatives and a lot of great people um, who, uh, entrepreneurs that we, both of us are, that's our, our circle of friends. But there there comes some some um, initiatives that really um, touch you. And when when you started talking about Joshua Champion, and, and it's interesting, I know, I, I can remember you talking about him some time ago, about this wonderful artist that was helping you uh, create him, wait till I saw the artwork, and, you know, you show samples and just snippets. But it really hit home, even um, starting with our our first uh, call last Thursday, where you really start to dive into it, and I saw the depth of the character. Um, but what I also found out, because, again, getting ready for the show and having you on the show, it made me do some homework myself to understand the whole uh, science fiction uh, novel uh, arena as well as just superhero characters and the, the vast following that's out there. And it was on the heels of the whole Dragon Con, and then I read more about Comic-Con. And um, it made me understand, you know, the, the landscape of what was going on. And there is um, some initiative to start having diversity, um, but there's, you know, there's room for plenty more because there's so many different aspects of people's experience. And that's what I think is so important is to respect that people have different experiences and even the fact that he grew, he's growing up in Atlanta, there are things that are going to resonate with other young black, uh, young men here in Atlanta that they'll be able to, to recognize in Joshua. And that's what I think draws young people and attracts young people, first of all, when it comes to reading. They want to see and hear someone that they can relate to that's relatable um, but then also um, there's opportunities to weave in some of the same frustrations that uh, every kid can relate to. But the beauty of science fiction is it also lets you escape where you are at this moment to think beyond, 
your your presence. So I, I'm gonna my my question that I'm gonna ask is you know just a a, a recap because I do want them to listen to the first show, but kind of let people um, give them a glimpse of Joshua Champion and how multifaceted this this um, character is that you brought to life and what his experience is. Yeah, so when when Joshua's been kind of trying to get out of my head for the last 13 years, 12 or 13 years, I mentioned that before, and, you know, he's, he's African-American, black. He grew up in Atlanta. He was in a uh, well-heeled, you know, um, disciplined, middle-class neighborhood. His mother's an attorney. His father owns a pizza business. And I wanted to make sure that, once again, we go back to telling something that we're just now starting to see again in a little bit of comedy. I mean, um, even though we've got the issues with Bill Cosby and whatnot, the fact of the matter is, is his artwork, his show, was representative of something that everybody found positive. And that was an accretive feeling throughout the zeitgeist of the 80s. We all grew up with that. That was the feeling of our culture. And I wanted to kind of mirror that in terms of the family that Champion grew up in. And because he did grow up, grow up in that family, he went to this school on the south side of Atlanta, Westville High. He was a black nerd, a geek. But he was also friendly and outgoing. And as I was trying to divine the character over the years, I didn't want him to be a Peter Parker or a Clark Kent that got picked on and beat up and had to hold powers in check. I wanted him to be, because even though that we know, we know those characters are real, we've got enough of those. I wanted to try and fashion a character that, you know, very much so looked kind of close to Theo Huxtable. And Joshua will feel as a greater nerd, so to speak. And Joshua is that nerd, but his best friend is the quarterback of the high school football team. And this guy convinces him one day to go out to play football because Joshua loves football. He just never really thought he could do it. And he's a swift runner. And before you know it, he becomes a wide receiver star on the Westvale Vikings. And he is catapulted in this world of popularity, and part of the story is him having to navigate the peer pressure of being popular at school when he was never that before, and it tosses his life upside down, and peer pressure comes into play, and he winds up making some really, really bad decisions that have a tremendous impact on his life, and that's just what happens in the microcosm of him living in Atlanta, a bit of realism, a bit of something that everyone can deal with, and in the midst of all that, we don't forget the fact that you know, we, we can't discount that we still have to deal with racism on a day-to-day basis, even in the post-Obama era. So that factors into the book, too. We don't necessarily get a lot of that, but I felt that it was important to include that. And I wanted to include it in the fashion that made him think critically and logically about what he was engaging in, what he was encountering, and how he would deal with it. So that's who Joshua is. He got out of my head, got on the paper, and I wanted to make him that kind of character with a stable family, um, love of technology, sci-fi fantasy. In the book, he's actually reading the Dark, the, uh, Dark Tower series by Stephen King, and some of that bleeds over into the pages as well. And, of course, because of his poor decisions, something momentous happens to him. But, of course, that turns out to be a good thing, albeit a very, 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 very challenging thing. 
Absolutely. So, so, and and that's what I like. This is a very rich character, and this is why you know, for people, just to, first of all, those who are are listening, find out more about Joshua Champion at championisborn.com. And like I said, this is just not just a conversation that we're having, but this is actually a, a campaign. And so, visit the site. Uh, read about it. If you have questions while you're on the, the call, um, feel free to reach out to us. Just uh, dial in the number if you're listening on your, your laptop or your mobile device. You can dial 714-888-7506 um, and press 1, and we'd like to entertain your questions directly. Um, and then also as well, like I said, you can go to the website, championisborn.com. Now, there's a red button on that webpage, uh, Derek, and I'd like you to share with us about, uh, because this was part of where we left off when we uh, had our conversation on Thursday, about the campaign and what this campaign is all about and how people can help bring Champion to life. So if you go to championisborn.com, the first thing you're going to see is that we have 58 days to go. So what does that mean? That means we're on a drive to get 5,000 supporters. We put 5,000 plus on there because we hope to blow that number out of the water. But, you know, 5,000 would be sufficient. And that's pretty aggressive. That's a lot. But the whole point is we wanted to make sure that we put enough product out there, we put enough uh, of a taste out there that taste makers would pick it up and run with it. This is a grassroots campaign. So as you take a look at that website and take a look at the promo videos and, you know, get a feel for what Champion is all about, our desire is that you click that red button. If you click that red button, you go to the Indiegogo campaign. At the Indiegogo campaign, we talk about, we talk a little more about what the story is. You'll see the video again. You'll see the fantastic artwork by master artist Eric Wilkerson. And there are levels of contribution that people can make. Right now we're at $200. The hope, of course, is to get a lot more aggressive about the number of donations that we're getting. And you don't just donate and get nothing for it except for the realization that this world comes to life, which really is a good thing. But um, we want to make sure you get a return for it. So at each level, many of you are probably seeing these campaigns. You know how it goes. At each level, we give you something back. And the thought is you would get the story itself. You would get, um, at some levels, you get T-shirts. You get prints of the artwork signed by Eric Wilkerson. You know, you get a taste of something, a little bit of everything at some level, signed signed books by me. And, of course, once that's done and you have that material, then there's the satisfaction of knowing that you participated in bringing champions to life. And what that leads to, if this campaign is successful, is almost nine more books that follow the, the trials and travails of Joshua Champion, the um, – and not only the books, but the graphic novel. We want to pursue that. And some people are looking at this. They've looked at this and thought already that it was a cartoon-length movie or a graphic novel. This is a regular novel. You know, it's a book. But the book is a start. The graphic novel would be next. And then we would like to do a video trailer or a treatment. And the treatment could lead to a set of cartoons. But at the end of the day, of course, now this happens without your support. So it's critical but if you believe and you, 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 know, you, you look at this and you say, okay, I get it. It makes sense. An African-American kid, a black kid, you know, and considering how people view black kids these days, this is something that feels good, something that I can get behind, then get behind it. 
Oakman champion of life. And once we've done that and we've got it out there and you've read the story, I think the most, most folks who get engaged in it will, will be floored. You know, I'm not trying to pick up myself, but that's my personal opinion. I think I put enough of good stuff in there for folks to really feel good about the good stuff and that they'll want more. And I'm perfectly willing to provide it. Absolutely. And, and, you know, one of the things that I, I really wanted to kind of bring out in our conversation is that, you know, this is an opportunity to get in at a ground floor level to invest in, to support. And, you know, we've been talking throughout the year um, through some of your endeavors because I, I want to share with the audience, those who may not know Derek Brown, Derek Brown isn't a fly-by-night someone that just put this together. Derek Brown is someone that has been invested and is passionate about the community giving back. Um, he is the president of the Atlanta chapter of BDPA, and if you don't know what BDPA is, um, I'm just going to send you to the website, bdpa.org. But dare I say, it has been around for 40 years and is about helping uh, to cultivate minorities from the classroom to the boardroom, and especially um, young people, sending them to a national high school computer competition championship and where they win and compete and win for scholarships and even um, hardware from our various sponsors. And Derek has given to that organization so passionately, and just in general, Derek, I mean, you're I know you from Atlanta, and you're here, there, and everywhere. And wherever you can be, uh, you know, to support someone, to encourage, you know, you are you try to represent, and you represent hard throughout Atlanta. And I know you love the city of Atlanta. So, you know, that said, people need to instead of everybody being skeptical, skeptical, and just standing back, it's not easy to bring to life this character that you're talking about. Um, it was a labor of love, and it's not like like we talked about in the first show. It didn't just pop in your head. It took some years for you to create, develop, get him out there. And then when, you know, and there were times that he got put on the shelf, but now the timing is, is so ripe. And, and I think that the other thing is, is that I think the tie-in, as you know, with Technology Expresso to STEM, and something that young people can read, and back to what I said, to open their minds, to start thinking about the what ifs and what could be, and it could be you. You know, um, the young people, um, young minority um, children had the opportunity when Barack Obama became president now to think beyond that, yes, you can someday be the president. Uh, so it opened their mind in a whole different way. I think science fiction does the same thing. And so, you know, that's what it, it means to me, this whole campaign and why it's so important. But I want to I wanna turn some of this into to back on you and get your thoughts, Derek. But one of the things is at the beginning of the year through BDPA and uh, Technologists of Color, another organization you've been very supportive of, we talked about activism. And supporting your campaign is a form of activism to support someone that is, is doing something for the community that can help the community. But, again, also instead of just being passive and complaining about where we are or aren't represented, if you have an issue with that, 
this is a, a campaign that they can do something about. So is, is your feeling the same, or am, am I the only one going down this road? Let, let me know, Derek. You know way better than that. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting here as you're talking, and I'm moving back and forth, shaking my head, nodding my head, nodding my head, shaking my head. You know what it is. I mean, I, I you know, being president of BDP Atlanta has been pivotal to me. I love it. I am all about uplift. If, if there's anybody out there listening right now who is connected to one of my pages, they know I talk about that stuff every week. I put heart and soul into it. And, you know, I learned from you to try to manage my life within six budgets. It becomes incredibly difficult. But I try. <laughs> you know, I've got family. I, I love my family. I've got work. I love my job. I'm president of BDPA, and through that nonprofit endeavor, I've tried to kick off a number of initiatives that would bring other nonprofits together and aggregating our membership and getting the word out to, to people in the city to know that we're there and that we can we can come together and get engaged and get our kids and our adults more aggressively involved in STEAM and why that's critically important. All of these things that I've pushed, and I still continue to try and, and push my own endeavors. And one of the things that was most important to me, close to my heart, is writing. You know, I write every day. And the work that I have written, most of what I've been putting out over the years has been about development and growth. I've got a book for kids. I've got a book for adults. I've got a book about Obama. I've got a book about my mom and how much I love her. And this right here, I, like you said, Jacqueline, I, I put to the side more often than not, but I think the time is right, just like you said. And I think things come together for a purpose, and God walks us down a path. And if folks have liked what I've done before, I would just add that they helped me get this out because there is a tie yet. There's an absolute tie, and I, I failed handwriting. Literally, I failed handwriting. Um, I still don't write well with a pen or a pencil, and clearly my daughter suffers from the same affliction, unfortunately. But I, I type like a monster, and it comes out all out in the side of my head, and I do this on a Mac. That's the technology part of me just getting my ideas out. But getting all of this stuff together has just been all about technology. The art of it is the artistry of imagination. I say in one of the videos, I pull all of my thoughts from what I call the idea, the dimension of ideas. Steam is a holistic thing, and they all come together. And how does this tie to the nonprofit work that I love so and cherish so, so, so dearly is that if others can see me put something together and at the end of the day see it be successful, this is real core to it. Because even though I've done all of those other things, people have come to me and asked me, can you be a bit more aggressive about pulling us together here in the city? Can you be a bit more aggressive about putting on fairs and, 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 and conferences? Can you do something to get us more readily involved in the technology ecosystem and, and getting our people more readily involved with the, our brothers and sisters of Latino descent and Asian descent of both Indian and Chinese? It's a boatload. It's a lot. But it ties. It really does tie. So what I'm trying to do here, this book is marketing, in essence. It's, it's something that goes out there that we could all be appreciative of, realize that it does tie to technology and how it could come about. I mean, I'm going to need technology in order to get the graphic novel done. I'm going to need technology in order to get the, the video treatment together. And all of that is the amalgamation of software and hardware and people that have the technical skill and know how to get the job done. And if we talk about that story, even as the story comes out, when we motivate other people to say they can do the same, do you have a story? Do you have something 
that a lot of us come together and bring our disparate skills to the table to get out. And if we're doing all of that and you see one person do it and another person do it and another person do it, and we follow through, because let's be real, we know we got a problem with follow through, then all of a sudden we've pulled together a lot of people at the core that can make this stuff come to life. It's not just about my idea. I mentioned one of the videos that I am late to the game. Atlanta has a rich speculative fiction following. A lot of folks at the lower levels that have been doing this for years, and they're powerful. They're great. They just don't have the full connections and exposure to explode out on the scene. But I think the time is right. In an era when black boys and black men are getting shot all the time, for whatever reason, we don't need to dive deep into the details right now. I think it's more than appropriate to know that there are people out there that are trying to bring characters to life that show us in a different light, and that can change the hearts and minds of even the, the, the staunchest person who stands against thinking that we are better than a thug on the street. And that's why, to me, this is so important. You are, you are absolutely right. You are absolutely right. And, um, and, I, and that's what I think is so important and what I want listeners to, to hear and to think about and, and something that you touched upon because, you know, I think we're taking turns. I'm shaking my head and, and you know, I, I'm, I'm, we're so on the same page about this is that people have to understand that when you support, and, and this, this was something that hit me, uh, earlier today, because as we were, you know, first thing this morning, I think I hit you, and I, I just was, it was just burning in me that, um, you know, this campaign uh, and, and raising the money to bring Champion to life is, can be the blueprint and can be the example um, and can set the precedent, the precedent that we can you know, through small, and it doesn't have to be huge. Whatever you can give, it can start as low as $20. Um, whatever you can pledge and give to help raise that number, um, that contribution, that's a form of, again, supporting. And, it, you know, it, it's one of those things that once we can show that what's important to us, you know, you can sit in front of the TV, you can talk to the TV all you want about, what everybody else is doing to us, but when you give, you're doing something for us um, to get us out of that situation. And so, you know, and, and I think that is something that, like you said, um, Derek, everyone, this isn't just a campaign, uh, you know, a black-on-black black campaign, so to speak. Everyone should want to promote this different images, this different perspectives, that not every image you see on TV or on the news that that's the end all. There are so many perspectives and so many different characters just within um, our, our own, whether you call it ethnic group or, or socioeconomic group. My, so getting a different perspective out there, that's what this is about. And everyone else may have characters in their head that they want to get out, that they want to get published. We, but we start with one and each one as we help along. And that's what you know their Technology Express has always done. When we can help push that message out there, get it out to an audience, then you could be next in line. We could be running your campaign just like we're doing Derek. But we've got to start with one and we've got to show. So it, it's really, you know, I'm, I'm really taking this kind of personal 
and I really want to see what people want to do. Are they all talk? Because it's, it's one of those things to me. If you're not going to take action, and it's almost like when you go to the polls and vote for the presidency, and when they say, if you don't vote, you really can't say anything. You really can't talk. The same goes with activism. What are you doing other than being a hashtag activist and just retweeting? If you really want to do something, you, you can push a button, but it's the red button that's on the championisborn.com page. And follow it all the way through to the end until you see the thank you note. <laughs> so that that's what <laughs> that's what this is all about. So I'm really curious. And now, and, and the the campaign, like you said, we've got uh, is it 58 days to go? We've got 58 days to go, and it's not about procrastinating and seeing what everyone else is going to do. It's about showing what you're going to do. And any and I know, and like I said, just my own personal endorsement, knowing Derek Brown, that this is a person of integrity. You can look back across his history. He's not fly by night. And when he says that this is about bringing champions to life, um, this is a, a passion and this is very real and this is going to, to happen. And so if there's someone that you want to get behind, it is Derek Brown because, like I said, for so long I've watched you do so much for so many um, and there's a litany. And if they want to look at our archives and how many different times you've been on the show to support and talk about things and initiatives, um, as well as uh, seeing you about town, everyone knows that. that. And, you know, Derek, I've often marveled and sometimes chastised, how do you do it all? <laughs> and I have not successfully gotten you to completely, you know, bucket, you know, stay within your buckets. But it's, it's the, the fire in you, and, you know, kudos to you. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to ask you a trick question right now. How much of <laughs> Joshua Champion is Derek Brown? <laughs> Yo, come on now. <laughs> um, well, it, it, it's, it, there's a, an adage that, you know, folks say, write what you know, right? And even when you're creating – uh, sci-fi universe or magical fantasy universe or just something where you've injected a whole bunch of make-believe, some of you as the artist still comes out because that's the way it's supposed to be. Even if you are doing your darndest to act outside of your character, a little bit of your character filters into the characters you create. Now, um, I like to think that I've got a gift and I'm trying to use it, and part of that gift is to create different human beings or aliens or sentiments from whole cloth. But to answer your question directly, I do think a little bit of myself filters into the characters that I think or the, represent the best or the good, and I, I, freely, I freely express that. So, you know, you've got an alien that's a good guy. You might find some of what I would like to be or what I've exhibited before in that character. There's Joshua himself. He's the superhero. He's the main protagonist. You may find a little bit of me and my behavior, my actions, and maybe a couple of things that I've done in him. And also there's another character that I haven't mentioned much, his guide, who happens to be an other universal godly-like being. His name is Ian. And his behavior, the wisdom that he brings to the table in trying to guide Joshua in the use of his powers, there's a bit of me in him too. 
So, yeah, you know, I wrote a little something of myself into the story, but I want folks to definitely discount that and just understand that no matter how powerful the skills of the artist, something of who that artist is personally will filter through. It's, in my opinion, that's how the process works. Exactly. And, and you know, I think that, you know, I, I, I had to plant that question uh, because if I had told you ahead of time I was going to ask, you probably would have told me not to ask. <laughs> but the reality of it is that's what makes him so authentic, too, and that I can tell there is a lot of layers to this character. And that's one of the, the, the biggest things that people who like to really read, they like the depth of character. Let me get to know them. Let me get to, you know, I want to like them and love them and care whether they live or die. And that means bringing out these different facets and um, so that you feel that, like we keep saying, you know, we're bringing Joshua to life. You feel like this really could be a person I know or I've met or my, you know, my nephew or a cousin or, you know, so that's what you people want, that relatableness. And, um, and so in that, you know, you built in some of your own life experiences indirectly or, or directly or even subconsciously. But I, I just I wanted to bring that out because I, I think that just goes to, to show that, you know, bringing to life a character, it's, it's a labor of love and you give of yourself. And so and, 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 and tell our audience a little bit about, this, when I talk about a labor of love, this is a novel. So tell, tell us again how many pages and, and, and maybe even give us an overview of how the, the chapters kind of unfold. Uh, I know you don't want to give everything away, but, but give us enough to kind of get a, a whole picture of what all uh, is in this, this story in the timeline. Well, you know, it's kind of I don't want to scare people, so let's just say there are around 36 chapters. There are a lot of pages, but the layout of the story is it's written in a facet where it's one of those pull-you-through stories. So one, there's a juxtaposition of what's happening in a galaxy across the universe and how those aliens come together in their conflict and what they're doing and how it's going to eventually intersect Joshua Champion's life. That's juxtaposed against us here on Earth in Atlanta, Georgia, living our lives, and a high school kid who is going about his day-to-day trying to navigate the politics of, of high school popularity and all of that and just how really important that is to him. And there's a, there's a taste of, you know, that being important because that's how we live our lives, human beings. Our, our little dramas are big. That is something that, it, you know, we're doing them. way over here on the other side of the universe, cancer exploded. And that's coming our way. And that's how the book lays out. You'll get a chapter or a couple of chapters of what's happening here on Earth, and it's written in a form and fashion where it feels as weighty as it's supposed to be. Then all of a sudden you jump to a couple of alien worlds, you know, ships that fly across the galaxy, sentients who are dealing with politics that involve millions of other sentients, and they're dealing with aliens and super aliens of all levels. And all of this is is playing out as they're dealing with what's so difficult for them. And then in the middle of all of this, something that I would love to reveal is called the Compion. The 
Pa'apion is a representative of the universe, and in truth, it's what gives champion its power. And a direct translation in the language of aliens is Pa'apion is champion. So Joshua Champion becomes the next representative of the Pa'apion of power, and he is champion. He is that hero. He is that defender of the universe. And he is the only thing that's going to be standing between us and total annihilation. When as the story progresses, we see how these alien forces are going to intersect with this kid's life who thinks there's, who's starting to realize there's a lot more to the universe, but he's still dealing with football, the game, his girlfriend, or who he wants to be his girlfriend, and racism. You know, all of that happens before he has to deal with spaceships. <laughs> so, you know, well, um, I got a couple of pieces here that I can read through, but that's, that's the breakdown of the story. I love that. I love that. And and, and I think that, and, and first of all, I want to take a, a moment just to, to share with our audience. We're talking with Derek Brown. We're talking about Joshua Champion. Uh, and if it sounds like we're talking about him as if he was a real character, that is our point, and that's who we're trying to bring to life. And we're doing that through a campaign. Visit championisborn.com and uh, read about it. There's some uh, video that Derek has been uh, talking about, um, really just to let you know and get to know who Joshua Champion is, because this is, we talked about him being born, because there is a, a you know, there is so much, um, the novel is the starting point. This is just really the launch, and from here, this character can go in so many different uh, directions, and, you know, the the imagination is endless, and we want to start here. We want to start here and we need your help. That's the, the reality is that we want Joshua Champion to be everyone's champion. And that takes a, just an investment in you showing that you see the, the vision and the point of us having diversity in science fiction, as with any genre. Um, and most importantly, just um, giving stories and giving young people a variety, giving them diversity. And this could be that novel that gets that young man reading about uh, reading. And, and as you said, pull, pulled into it. And, and maybe, you know, a, a chapter or a section, not, not that you're going to read us a chapter, but the excerpt that you're going to read us tonight might be enough to get their attention that they'll want to get this book and read this book. And, um, you know, and, and once they get hooked, you know, you now have a reader and you have someone who's opened their imagination. That was something I was always taught, that the, the whole purpose of reading was just to open up your imagination, um, even more so than just going to see the, the movies where um, it's all laid out for you in a particular sequence. With a book, literally, as a young person, I can recall, you get lost in the story. And you're right there alongside of him, like you said, traveling between different universes. And you get to paint in your mind a picture of what this universe looks like with the help of the great art that, that also is, that, that kind of starts you down that road. And I hope that those who are on social media will stop and visit Champion is Born. Um, that is, he has his own account on Twitter, for example, and you'll see some of the uh, artwork and some of his nemesis. And, and what I love is actually there is a 3D model of one of these characters. Can you tell us again, Derek, who are these people 
on the cover of the book with him. And then, then the, the little 3D models that the artist uh, created. Can, can you tell us again what their names are and, and what's, what's their role again? Certainly. So the character on the upper left, that is the primer of the first famed Hyacolite. Now, Hyacolite is one of the aliens from another galaxy, and they call their home the Great Majestic Galaxy. He is part of a mammalian, avian-descended group of sentients that have formed an alliance. And the alliance are, their alliance stands opposed to other forces that are trying to conquer their entire galaxy. And, of course, the way it's the, their position, you can see that Hyacolite is directly opposed to the other character, the one on the right. And the one on the right is Prince Krakow of the Zrajan Empire. He is the brother of Emperor Kadifak, prophecy ruler of the entire universe. And the Zrajan Empire is on a holy quest to take over the universe by conquest. And so those two forces in their galaxy fight and fight for power and control. And their conflict bleeds outside of their galaxy. And it bleeds so far over into the character that you see at the bottom, who we know is Joshua Champion. But those other two, the top at the left and the right, they, they are core to, the, it's core to the story. One on the left is the protagonist, and one on the right is our primary antagonist. And you can see the, the artwork is absolutely phenomenal. If you go further down on the page where you see that bust of Prince Krakow, all of this is the work of master artist Eric Wilkerson. And he and I connected and it, you just look at his work. It's powerful. It's just powerful. It blows my mind. And I just got to say, when I sent him the time material, I think I sent him way too much, blew his head off a little bit. But we went back and forth, and I gave him the details of what I felt was in my head and how these characters spoke to me and what they looked like. And I sent him some images and, and description. And he took that and ran with it. And you can tell the skill of a master when he takes his spare pieces he comes back with something that just knocks your head off. That's what he did. He, he said, before I get to the final drawing, I need to build this bust. I need to make this model of this character. And that's what you see down at the bottom with the, the, the clay and the pieces that he put together to represent Prince Krakow. He sent me images of that stuff of him going through the process. I kept falling out of my chair. <laughs> I just always like, this, this is ridiculous. This is absolutely amazing. And he continues to astound. And, I mean, really, I just have to say that I need support to continue that work because Eric and I got a lot we can put out. You know, there's a ton left for us to do. But we can only do it if we gain the support of the people. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm not sure if Eric Wilkinson is going to be able to join us tonight, but if so, um, I actually do have someone that jumped on the line and um, so I'm going to actually check the line here, and either uh, it may be our artist or it may be uh, someone just uh, joining us and, and wants to talk with us. So um, I'm going to open up the mic, and it's caller from area code 845. Who's on the line? That's me, Eric Wilkerson. Hi, how are you? <laughs> well, your ears must have been burning. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they were. <laughs> well, welcome, welcome. It is an honor to have you on the show Derek's here as well, who you, you just heard talking. 
And yeah, thank so you for excited. having me. Absolutely. We're so excited about it. And I was just sharing with the audience, you can also see more of his work at Eric Wilkerson, uh, art.com. That's Eric and that's W-I-L-K-E-R-S-O-N, art.com. So, so talk to us from your perspective. I'm so excited to have you on the show because it is amazing. Um, talk through the, the first introduction with Derek and how you developed this, this brought this character to life with pen and, and, and paint. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I'm, I was actually um, fixing up a cake batter. All right. Now I'm going to speak up. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. All right. So um, when Derek contacted me, uh, he gave me the, like the full description of the characters and everything. And I'm always really eager to help out uh, independent authors, especially when they come with uh, a material that just excites me. So I, I approach the, the, the cover the same way I do anything, uh, any kind of uh, imaginative realism, any kind of sci-fi or fantasy character that doesn't exist um, you know, I can't go outside and or hire a model that's going to look like any of those aliens or any of the creatures that you see in a in a, you know or in a movie or a book or, or anything like that. So you have to make it. You have to make it real. When he gave me descriptions of the characters, I got really excited and I said, you know, I in order to give you a hundred percent, I need to know what this character looks like. I need to know what Krakow uh, looks like. So I, I took, I might have been maybe like a, a week and a half or two weeks to just really immerse myself in sculpting this character's head so that when I lit the model, I, I'm really, you know totally just geeking out on you as far as like the art aspect of it, but uh, when I lit the model and I, paint, uh, for, I sculpted it, I painted it, and then I lit the model with the, the lights that I had and it came to life, and I then I like I knew what that character would look like uh, with like glowing lights, or or I could light it any way I wanted to, and that character was real to me. So, um, and when Derek was talking about uh, possible additional books in the series, I I definitely knew that I wanted to have uh, a model of this character just in case he pops up on on a, on, a, on another cover. Um, so it, it was just a, a joy to work on, and uh, I, I hope that uh, that uh, people like the like the story and like the art and uh, want to see more. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm I'm looking at the uh, this must have been the the how you talked about the lighting on your webpage. People definitely to get the full effect going to this webpage and. Um, I already see him on the big screen. I, I already see him. He's there, you know. And, and this is again why we have to go the the extra mile to bring this the all of these characters to life, especially uh, Joshua Champion. And as we've been telling our audience, go to championisborn.com and uh, don't just look and, and marvel and, and wish us luck, but go ahead and push that button and make that donation, whatever that might be. Um, and I want to continue while we have you, Eric. If we, 
I hope we, we're not distracting you from your other art, your culinary art of <laughs> baking your cake. Um, but <laughs> I, I did have a, a few other questions. Just just tell us a little bit about yourself because you have, you know, uh, clearly you're a gifted and talented sculptor, sculptor, and um, you you have other artwork. So tell us tell us more about you. Well, I'm a, a graduate of the School of Visual Arts in uh, New York City. I graduated in the class of 2000. And uh, my focus since I got out of school has really been on um, science fiction and fantasy art and, you know, doing some work for trading card companies, uh, book covers, uh, concept art for uh, film and games. And, and things of that nature. So it's just been it's been a roller coaster ride of trying to find my find my place within the industry because I'm really all over the place and I don't have just one solid uh, uh, interest. You know, I, I I like a little bit of concept design. I like sculpting. I like painting digitally and and traditional oil painting. So. You know, I, I never I, – I get bored if I'm doing one thing for too long. So that's that's kind of where um, the sculpting part of me comes in. And I, I say, well, you know what? I want to make this look really cool. And when I was in college, I was uh, – well, one of my painting teachers would tell me, imagine how much better that robot or that creature would look in your painting if you knew what you were looking at you knew how the light hit the form. So that really inspired me to really push myself to, uh, to sculpt and use that reference to make my paintings that much more believable and accepting, uh, acceptable uh, to the viewer. So uh, it's the, my interest bou- bouncing around from concept art to painting to book covers and all this stuff has... Uh, Opened uh, opened up a lot of different doors, a lot of different avenues. So, uh, I've had a chance to work with uh, Weta Workshop and uh, the Blue Man Group, and like just so many different, so many different things I never would have thought possible for going to school to learn how to paint. <laughs> and uh, so that's that's basically me uh, and what I do. So. Well, it is you know as you're talking. Um, I am um, going on a visual tour of your website. I'm looking at your gallery, and I am, like, amazed. And, and I invite everyone, definitely go to ericwilkinsonart.com. Um, go to the gallery. Uh, your range, it, I mean, you don't have to stick to one thing because you're so talented. <laughs> Why stifle it? Go for it. I mean, this is really um, – and and the the fact now, Derek, you have to take me back in your in the story. How did you all connect? Was this just all through uh, the great uh, World Wide Web? How, how did you guys connect? Yeah, it was um, a World Wide Web connection. And the unfortunate thing is, twice the timing for me and Eric to actually have a sit down is passed by because license gets in the way. The uh, in in fact, when I made the decision to reach out to Eric after having seen seen the stuff online was Dragon Con, uh, I think two years ago, and he just happened to not be at the booth. Um, but I went by, I was walking through, and 
all of his artwork was on display. And I was like, well, yeah, this is Eric. So I picked up his card and walked away with it. And I was like, okay, this is the guy that has to be champion because this stuff is mind-blowing. And the other thing that was really critical to me, and, you know, I'm, I'm really passionate about that, is the fact that he was African-American. You know, I, I wanted to make sure that I did do this project with someone of color again, not to dismiss or dispel or set aside or say this was just for us. But, again, there needs to be – we need to be exposed. We need to be seen doing this stuff so that others know they can do it, not just to get them to do it. We, we all know we have an issue. There, there's a, a whole – there's a large portion of the population of color of all stripes, all ethnicities, be you Latino or black, that simply doesn't think this is for them. Or they, they may even watch this stuff and admire it from afar and sit silent. And they may have a ridiculous amount of talent, but simply don't think they can bring it to the stage. I want to kill that. I want to kill that. And part of trying to do that was partnering with Eric and hoping that he could take all of my words and my meanderings and, and like I said, my overloading of him with information, and he could do something with it. And, again, you know, I have no shame saying to especially what I said when we didn't know he was on. He blew me away. He blew me away. These, these are my people. These are my aliens. That's, that's Joshua Champion. That's my character. Eric did that. And, you know, there's so much more we can do. We just have to be about doing it. And we need the support of the fans out there in order to get it done. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and, and and so, Eric, let me let me ask you a question because, and and, and I'm going to come back to you, uh, Derek, with a similar question as well. But we'll, I, I'm like uh, Derek that um, this is an opportunity when other young people can see that someone else has taken. Uh, what for some might be doodling or a hobby, but really it's God-given talent, and then developing that and, and getting in contact with people um, where you can, you know, make a living from this. Um, you talked about you working with different groups and the Blue Man Group and that type of thing. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, even how you got into school for this, and then since then, um, you know, kind of your, your career, career progression and and where people can even uh, get some of your work that, that I'm seeing on your website. Um, well, I uh, it's, it, you just want to know about my career progression and how I got into it. Is that, is sure. that what you're – okay. Yes. Um, well, you know, when I, when I was in school, I, I always have these flashback moments when I was in college and um, to what Derek was saying about uh, various – uh, minority groups and, and, and things not thinking that uh, there's a place for them in in this genre of sci-fi fantasy. I had other students telling me back in school, there's no black people in sci-fi. Why are you even painting that? You know, I was putting together portfolio samples, trying to add some diversity to my work and and being shot down by by other black students. And really feeling like, well, I guess they're right. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm seeing it on Star Trek, but that's really about it. You know, I, I'm not going to be able to go to the bookstore and see uh, any real, any diversity on, on the covers of books. And that was 15 years ago. And, and it's kind of, you know, it's it, it, pretty similar today. 
but as far as my how I got my career started, I I started out uh, sending out samples to ad agencies, uh, the publishers, the various publishers. But doing work gets you work, and if if people see your stuff, other art directors reach out and contact you, and 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 things like that. Um, uh, the the project that I did for Blue Man Group came about through a friend of mine from high school. It's it's so random. A lot of whenever you talk to an artist about their career and they tell you how they did something, it's always the most random story that ends up in their favor. But it was a, a friend of mine from high school that was working as an animator for the company, and they were looking for somebody to do. Uh, sci-fi costume design. That was the that was the job, and all of her animator friends were posting links on Facebook for her to refer them. And they were not they weren't looking for animators. They were looking for somebody that could draw and you know design robots. So I sent her my link, and maybe a couple of days later they reached out to me, and uh, I, they kept me busy for like the next two years just doing costume design for a new production that they're working on. And then that led to me working with Weta Workshop because they were contracted to build the my design. They were contracted to, to fabricate the designs that I had made. So it exposed me to my, my work to an Academy Award winning, you know, design company. And, and then, you know, from there just, it just keeps on going. Uh, I go to if I show up at a convention, things like what 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 Derek just said. You know, you walked by my booth, uh, picked up a card, and contacted me. So you know I'll, I'll, that happens a lot. If I if I go to the right place, it's it's all timing too, timing and the and the right kind of work. But I guess if I could say anything to anybody that's trying to get out there and get their work. Uh, in front of the right people, you just—it's timing, luck, and showing up at the the right place, the right place, at the right conventions, and just being good at what you do. Um, it doesn't matter wh- where you show up if you if your portfolio isn't tight, if it isn't right, then you know, it's it's not going to work out for you, not yet. So you just got to keep on working and uh, try to be as good or better than the top talent in the field. That's always the goal. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that you said that, that I, I jotted down was doing work gets you work. I, I love that. And, and being out there, being at the right place, and so much the, uh, that you said that happens just by circumstances, you know, being in the right place, being connected, but, you know, putting your, yourself out there. And so I think that that's something that definitely young people have to hear. But, but backing up to the beginning of your story, too, something that's near and dear to me is that, you know, other, um, like you said, some of our, your own friends or, or peers were saying, you know, black people don't do this. Um, we're not into sci-fi. We don't do this type of art. You know, get, they're the ones that, um, you know, giving you that negative vibe, but at the same time, you kind of pushed through that. Was was it just um, within you that you just knew and just had the passion for it, 
or was there there a, another support system that was there uh, that that helped you through that? Well, uh, I, I think I I owe a lot of my drive uh, and my passion for what I do to my parents. I mean, they, they you know they didn't tell me when I was in college, are, are you sure you want to do this? Or, you know, there's, there's other careers out there. You know, they knew I was passionate about art. They knew that this was what I was really born to do. Um, and they didn't, they didn't question or second guess me. They, you know, they, they supported me 100% and said, well, if this is what you want to do, you, you put a hundred percent of your, you know, time and energy into making that portfolio as, as good as it can be and getting work. Um, you know, as, as far as the students go, it, it was disheartening to to hear, uh, you know, them say, oh, black people don't do this, black people don't do that. But, you know, it's I feel like it's those same people that jump on, on, on forums and on online and complain about, Various groups, there there not being any diversity in the genre. Oh well, well, why why aren't we represented? Blah blah blah. But then when somebody does show some artwork or does put us in a film or a short story or or a, you know or, or any any form of media and show that diversity, then they don't want to support it, which is so weird. <laughs> Um, absolutely. You, 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 you know that that's ironic because Derek, that takes us full circle to what we were saying earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and that's why and and one of the things I tie it to um, is this campaign is that instead of people just sitting back and talking about uh, we need to be representative, we need to see more of then something as well as twenty dollars a twenty dollar donation. Um, to championisborn.com is help us get there. Um, yeah. Let's start with one. Yeah. And if one person helps, then then we can reach back. And, again, we are, you know, we're, we're a group of helpaholics, so it's all about helping the others. We have a proven track record. That's what we do. That's what Technology Expresso's whole foundation is about. That's what Derek Brown is about. So you investing in this, you are starting – that that whole groundswell that gives other young men, young women, um, any minority, the 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 at least the example that yes you can. If this is your passion, if it's something you love, if it's your God-given talent, whatever genre, there is no limitation, and don't let anybody tell you that. Um, and that's why. So so thank you so much, Eric, for you you sharing that that part of your story. And and Derek, I, I said I was going to flip it back to you. Um, and I know that, that I thank you guys both for your time, and I know that I have to wind down on our time, but I will say that I definitely have to have both of you back on the show because there's so much more to this, and we've got to keep this campaign going and alive. And believe me, Technology Expresso is going to do their part. But, but Derek, one of the things that I, I – one of the questions I did want to ask you is have you gotten some resistance, or, or what do people think – when when you start talking about putting out a sci-fi novel and and what has keep you, keeping you um, pressing forward and especially like we said, Champion's been on the shelf, but we talked about this is the time and and now is the time. Why is it so important right now? And and, and talk about maybe some of the the people and comments you got along the way. 
Well, the the thing is, I've been into this kind of stuff since I was a kid, and there was always the group of people who looked at it sideways. But I was consistently blessed in having fellow geeks that love this stuff. You know, and geeks hide on football teams. They hide on basketball teams. They love Star Wars. They just also wind up fighting with the perception that this stuff isn't for us. But the best thing about it is that as time has gone by, the popularity of this genre and everything that has gone with it has started to increase. And that cuts across the swath of ethnicity and socioeconomic levels and whatever activity people may involved in, may be involved in and find to be popular. You know, even your hardest gangster seems to want to sit down and figure out what's happening with Obi-Wan Kenobi. So, you know, there you have it. But that with, a, with, with that being said, folks enjoying the work, that doesn't necessarily mean that the doors have been popping off for us to get engaged in creating it. And that's still something of a bit of controversy. Whether we can or cannot, and even when we do get in, there has been some pushback. The fact of the matter is I've never been dissuaded in pursuing this path because I've always loved the genre. I've read it all my life. I've loved the movies. I love cartoons. I've collected comic books. And I've always wanted to write something. So despite what I may have heard or what someone may have said with me wanting to put something out, you know, I'm also a very forceful personality and character. I've never gotten someone saying to me, you should not do this. They may look at me sideways and say, you're going to do what? That's about the most I've gotten. And I've shared some of my ideas and this of my manuscript over the years with some of the most diehard folks who might not find favor or like it. And even if they still didn't like it, there was none of the don't pursue it. That went away. And that's where I've been with it. That's been the continued drive that I've had to finish the work and know that we can get there. And why is it so important right now? Well, you know, it's it's multifold to me. First off, the fact that DC and Marvel are taking the time to make sure that ethnicity is representative in their work, they're doing it. It's great. You know, that's a wonderful thing. But we still need to be on the other side of the creative process, too. You've got an artist like Eric Wilkerson who not only should be, you know, uh, applauded and, and celebrated, but he needs to be put on a pedestal as a mentor and an example to be followed so that there are about 100 other artists who can come right behind him. And that just needs to happen. And the only way that's going to happen is if our work gets out there to the forefront. And the only way we can do that is if we push it. And like I was saying earlier, there's a strong speculative fiction, you know, contingent out there of African Americans. Great stories. You know, some of those guys, or here in Atlanta, Milton Davis and, and Val Jean Jeffers and, you know, a host of others. And they do great stuff. You know, they, they're, they're all over the country. So a lot of folks, you know, don't necessarily know that they exist, but that's been changing. They're, they're starting to really spread the word. And I feel that if you have any desire to see these stories come out, then you need to put your action and your money where your mouth is. Buy their books get engaged in the activity, help us spread the word, and support people who are trying to do something like it and bring something new to the table. That's what Eric and I are trying to do. And we need the support. And, you know, instead of saying, oh, that's great, you know, and, and, and whatnot, get out there. Get involved. And I just recently posted something online that said, I think it was about to hit, about to hit a critical threshold. And the time 
when people want to see or need to see positive examples of young black teens as opposed to just another story of another kid getting a bullet. This is the kind of thing that helps build up positivity that can be accreted. And knowing that the character exists and the character is something or someone to be admired in the universe in which he lived is something we aspire to. And the fact that people of color created that universe and partnered with other people of color and people who are not African-American or Latino or whatever in order to get it out because they supported it too, that's the story to be told in and of itself. And that's that's highly motivating. We need a lot more of that, and the time for that is right. We just have to be courageous enough to strike and make it happen. And and, and I I, I dare say, you know, there are a lot of layers. And and a lot of people, those who take the time to really understand science fiction, there's always a lot of layers to the the story. And I think even to this campaign, I feel like there's a lot of layers. Because within Joshua Champion's story, too, is something that is, is something very real for young black men, is that struggle between good and evil. And what I mean by that is even in their in the real world. So Joshua is dealing with it in his by day as a, a typical teenager, but there's also, you know, this alternate universe that he's also fighting good and evil. And there's so many um sub stories to that and so many places it's to go because I was just just very recently having a conversation with um uh, uh someone that works with juveniles that are in detention and how they have to fight with that peer pressure of not snitching and, and you, know, um, you know, taking the rap for things that they didn't do because of. So they had, I mean, even more so I, I sometimes feel than when we were growing up, they had some very complex issues to deal with. And it also goes back to making some good choices and sometimes some very hard choices. And that's, you know, Joshua, you didn't take him out of, his real world. When he comes back from fighting the universe, he still has to deal with um, some of those issues and, and whether some of it's self-esteem. Uh, you know, you said he, you talked about his doubts about being on the football field and putting himself out there. Um, and some of that comes from wanting, not wanting to be judged and, and so on and so forth. So there's, there's so much in these stories that actually can help mentor and coach young men just by first letting you know them reading about someone they can relate to and then also in some ways escaping from some of the, the harsh reality that they live in. And then something else that you said is that, you know what, I think that there's secretly uh, a, a lot of closet geeks. Let's be honest. There's a lot of closet geeks. <laughs> they don't want to tell anybody, but they they want to know when the next episode is is coming out of you know whether it's you know, whatever the the whatever they follow from Star Trek to uh, Star Wars. But um, you know, and secretly when you post the uh, Dragon Con, they, they look. I know they look. They may not hit the like button, but they're looking. So, <laughs> needless to say, you know, um, they're they're out there, and I think it goes back to both what you and Eric both are are doing by example is saying it's it's okay. Whatever you like, do you. It's okay. And and young people need to hear that and see that adults are comfortable in their own skin to give them the validation that it's it's also okay for them, you know, to, to stand up to whatever their peers are saying and pursue that which you were brought here to to bring to life, whatever that might be. But for right now, 
And as I look at our time, again, um, I know it's late on a Sunday night, and you all have family, your family men, and, uh, you know, I respect that. You know, Derek, I respect the buckets. <laughs> and, <laughs> so I'm not, we'll tell Eric about that later. But, uh, you know, um, I, I, I want to kind of be respectful of our time. But, Derek, I wanted to let you close out, talk about the campaign, and some of the very important reasons why we need people to support this campaign. And then we're going to end for this evening. But, Eric, I would love to have you back. Um, and make sure that the, the youth, you know, maybe even call in and ask you some questions um, about your path. And uh, But, again, thank you for what you've done for Champion. It is amazing. And kudos to you and anything we can do to support you, Technology Express, so we're here for you. But, but Derek, I'll let, you, I'll let you close this out. All right. So we came up with um, the top ten reasons to support the champion campaign. Um, but, you know, before I do that, I was going to read just the short piece and opening of Joshua on the gridiron, and I didn't know if you, we wanted to go ahead and still do Absolutely. that. But, um, nope, yeah, let me go ahead it. and do that. I, I can read through that. I can get through that pretty swiftly. Okay. He inhaled the smell of sweet sweat mixed with the sweet scent of grass. This large dirt, the green. The sound of man-made thunder only served to heighten his excitement. If he had known it was always like this, he would have put on a uniform years ago and happily participated in Little League. Of course, nerds didn't participate in sports. But what was a nerd? Was he a nerd? Or rather, had he been a nerd to be a nerd no longer? Nerds did all the things he liked, and he loved those things a great deal. Still, he loved this too. He loved it immensely. So, did the questions matter? No, they didn't matter, at least not in this moment. He was here, now, ready to test himself on the gridiron for the Westvale Viking. He's going to do it, Deke said. This is it, right now. Joshua Champion was on the sideline, down on one knee. His left hand rested on his left knee. His right hand was holding his helmet by the grill, steadying it against the ground. He looked up at his best friend since first grade. Deke swan and chuckled. Oh, you don't think so, Deke demanded. Smoke was wafting from his mouth, through his grill, draping his head in a querying mist. He looked every bit the warrior, the leader, the team quarterback. Joshua chuckled again. From this angle, his best friend looked like a towering demon. Deke's eyes flared from behind the grill. What are you laughing at? Joshua turned his attention back to the field. Nothing. Champ? Joshua was quiet for a moment. It's not going to be this one, he said. They've got set locked down. One out of four. This is the down they contain them. Just long enough for the pass. Seth gets them on the next down. Pass? Deep wonder. Oh, yeah, I see that. Wait, but what? He didn't get to finish what he was about to say. The ball was snapped. The crowd howled. The field was filled with human electricity. The riveting excitement of play. Joshua and Deke watched their friend Sepion, Big Sip Williams, a linebacker, press the opposing offensive line, looking for an opening. The blitz was on. His goal, sacked the quarterback. Sep moved around the side. He saw it, a fake. The running back moved up the center with no ball in his hand. Two offensive linemen were in Sepion's face, closing off his access. The quarterback steadied himself in the pocket. His arm cocked, coiled, and released. 
A short pass to the tight end, just in time. Sepion pushed his way around the left tackle and dove for the quarterback, just as the ball was away. The Lakeside Lions had just made a first down. They were good for four more downs. Joshua looked up. Deke looked down. They both smirked. I did see that, Deke said. That's a possibility. Joshua smiled. I know you did. Maybe you should be quarterback. Nope, got enough doing my own job. Deke leaned over slightly. I was just playing, champ. I don't care how smart you are. This gig is mine. Joshua's grin spread from ear to ear. Yeah, I know. Sack this time, Deke said. Joshua nodded. Count on it. They turned their attention back to the field. The ball was snapped. Sepion moved like lightning. The Lions executed, but not with perfection. Sepion cut through the line like a knife, opened his arms wide, and a howl that could be heard in the stands engulfed the Lions quarterback in a savage tackle. They both hit the ground, rending green grass and brown dirt, flinging sweat and swears. One brown calfskin covered ball flew freely into the air. A vice and defensive lineman lumbered forward, finding poise in the moment when it mattered. He fell on the ball, securing it under his considerable mass. Behind him, Joshua heard parents, fellow students, and faculty shout with excitement. The game was close. Now it was time to secure the lead. Except had given them an opportunity. They would not squander it. Let's go, Deke said, hitting him on the shoulder. Joshua watched as Deke walked forward, conferring briefly with Coach Barnes before taking the field. Joshua looked at the ground. He put his hand on the grass and closed it, pulling back a bit of green and brown. He brought the grass and dirt to his nose and inhaled its freshness, its realness. He opened his hand and let it fall to the earth. He stood up and looked back. Julia, beautiful, smart, a cheerleader smiled at him. Joshua grinned, giving her what he hoped was his best impression of cool, since he was still so very far from where cool was supposed to be. At least, this was how he felt. He looked into the stands and saw his parents, Thomas and Ellen Champion. His mother looked so proud. His father was clapping and pointing at him. He was trying to say something, but Joshua couldn't hear him. He squinted, struggling to read his lips. Get on the field, boy. Joshua laughed and put his helmet on, just as he heard Coach Barnes yell his name. He turned and headed to the field, the green eye, the gridiron, to again test himself to the limit. A year ago, he was called a geek and married. He was also Deke Swan's best friend, and as such was afforded some leeway in the complexities of high school social politics. However, things had changed. He was now a wide receiver for the Westville Vikings, and he was very, very good. Would have thought he would ever be a football star and popular. Certainly not Joshua Champion. As he ran to the huddle, thoughts about the nature of change flowed through his mind. Couldn't help it. Life is good. He banished their own thought and slipped into proper mode. He was playing football, a sport he had come to positively love. He knew what play was coming. He could fill it. And after two and a half quarters, he had the full measure of the Lions. He was far faster than the cornerback who was assigned to cover him. It was time for him to make a touchdown, for Deke to connect, and for Joshua to be a hero. Awesome. Awesome. Wow, dear, you've been talking about you've been talking about yourself as a writer for so long, but this is the first time, of course, for me hearing you and uh, your science fiction genre, and that was awesome. That was very nice. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely, and what we got about like we got a few minutes. 
Can I run down these ten real quick? You absolutely okay, can. Okay, so, all right. So, the top ten reasons for giving to the champion campaign. Number ten, supporting an author, creating an African-American hero that can be admired by all and serve as a role model to everyone. Number nine, hip-hop, high school, football, spaceships, aliens, magic, technology, and soldiers, all in the same story. Or cool, it's all get out. If you want it, come get it. Number eight, when was the last time a superhero came out of Atlanta, Georgia? Everybody in the ATL needs to get on board and support this drive. Reason number seven, good fiction suspends disbelief and moves both heart and mind. Champion is good fiction. Reason number six, fiction often inspires facts. The story of champion has lessons that can be applied to the real world. Reason number five, if you would support a project that elevates people of color in particular and all people in general to move us all forward together, then this project is for you. Reason number four, when was the last time anyone saw a black teenager flying over Atlanta? He's in a plane. Flying. Come on, throw us a bone. Get on board. Reason number three, the universe of champion is so expansive that if you help us get these projects off the ground, you will be creating jobs. That's a shout-out to capitalism, to the job creators. Reason number two, Champion is a STEAM project that requires STEM in its creation and art as its holistic binding in the creation of the entire project. That's engaging to an entire generation and can inspire them to get engaged in STEAM. And reason number one, Joshua Champion is a powerfully positive image of a young black teen do we need to explain any further? Absolutely. So I just want everyone to marinate on that, but not without action. Go to championisborn.com. Press the red button. Just go to championisborn.com and press the red button. And tell others. Make sure the word gets out. Um, there. We're going to set our follow-up date as soon as we can. Um, Eric, again, thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing your your awesome talent with us. Um, we look forward to supporting you and sharing your artwork. Trust me, I've already been pushing it out as we speak. So thank you again, Eric, for your time tonight. Um, thank you both, and we will be talking to you again very soon. Thank you to our Technology Expresso audience and followers. Continue to support, and I have faith in you. You're going to act tonight. So thank you, everyone. Good night. Thank you. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Technology Expresso Cafe Radio. Visit our website portal at www.technologyexpresso.com for a full list of broadcast archives, social media handles, and upcoming shows. Keep up with Technology Expresso while on the go by texting the word LAUNCH to 41411. That's texting the word LAUNCH to 41411. Thanks again, everyone. And remember, listen, learn, leverage, launch. 